Hello, my name is Peter Halligan, and this is a podcast on behalf of the JNMP and the BNPA. Uh, I'm talking with Professor David Scoos from the Institute of Child Health at UCL. And David, you were giving us a, a fantastic presentation today about the new developments in cognition relating to oxytocin. Could you tell us a little bit about what your main hypothesis is with regard to the usage of that particular hormone? So uh, oxytocin is a, is a neuropeptide that uh, is of particular interest to psychiatrists because it seems to affect quite complex human characteristics such as uh, empathy and trust. But uh, most of the uh, scientific work on this uh, neuropeptide has been done in animals such as voles and mice. And our work originated in those studies of voles and mice in collaboration with a, a professor, Larry Young, in Atlanta, and at Emory University. And uh, Larry had found that uh, if you were to manipulate uh, the genetic um, structure of, of oxytocin uh, receptors in, in mice and voles, um, that they could not recognize each other anymore. Oxytocin seems to be essential for species, conspecific recognition, as we call it. And our interest in the subject coincided because we were also studying recognition memory. Uh, we Could were you studying. Clarify what conspecific recognition. Uh, well, is. this is the memory of another of your own species, and it's pretty important. I mean, you recognise your your partner, uh, your sexual partner, um, but you could also recognise a stranger, and it's rather important to make that distinction. If you're a mouse, uh, another <laughs> mouse coming into your territory, you want to know it's not a friend, or it is a friend. And so, um, yes, yeah, a very fundamental uh, distinction that we, we need to make um, is between people we know and people we don't, whether we're a mouse or whether we're a human. And we need to remember individuals we've seen, you know, some time ago. As I say, because if you uh, manipulate the genetic structure of, uh, of mice, they couldn't apparently recognise each other anymore. We wondered whether that might have something to do with the fact that... Uh, in people with autism, for example, uh, face recognition memory is also impaired. And we knew from research that we, we'd done years ago that members of their family also have problems in recognition memory. We asked ourselves, was it possible that oxytocin had a part to play in variation in recognition memory uh, in humans? So the hypothesis was that we could look at variation in, in oxytocin in the families of people with autism. We suspected that differences in the function of the oxytocin receptor could relate to differences in face recognition memory. And did you find any gender differences there? Well, interestingly, our original work found that the mothers of boys, largely boys, uh, with, with autism, our sample was about 80% male, um, had pretty poor face recognition memory. Actually, it was almost as bad as their as that of their sons, but they didn't have any other features of, of an autistic uh, uh, character. So we describe this as an endophenotype. So this is a, a feature that suggests some sort of biological vulnerability that doesn't necessarily manifest in the full clinical uh, phenotype or clinical characteristics of the condition. Now, oxytocin is available and in the sense that one can use it as a nasal spray, as I understand. Are there any implications for that in terms of facilitating or uh, interventions with regard to um, subjects with autism? 
So for some little while, for probably the last five years or so, there's been interest in the possibility that um, giving oxytocin to people with autism could improve their social perception, um, including their social memory. And people have done research in this area, scientists in the United States largely actually, and in Australia, by either injecting oxytocin into individuals with autism or by, more commonly, giving them oxytocin to sniff into their nose and it's thought that thereby some of that oxytocin gets into the brain. And so there have been some fairly convincing studies, more recently some work out of Yale being done by uh, Kevin Pelfrey, which has suggested that giving people who have autism additional oxytocin can alter their social behaviour and indeed can alter brain function um, in a direction which makes them look more normal, as it were, when faced with a social decision-making task. And finally, in terms of direction, what's the future direction for your work in this area? Well, what we found in this um, study that uh, I have been talking about at the BMPA conference uh, is that a variant in the oxytocin receptor, which is uh, commonly distributed in the, uh, at least in European populations, is pretty strongly affected uh, affects social uh, cognition in respect of face recognition memory. So it would seem that oxytocin has a role to play in face recognition memory, not only in people with autism, as it were, but in the general population, and that our genetic background affects the competence with which we can remember faces that we've seen before. Now, the importance of that, it suggests that there are you know, neural circuits which may be perturbed in individuals who are predisposed to be autistic that require oxytocin, in other words, to function uh, normally. This is very, very preliminary work. I don't think it immediately suggests we should be giving everybody who has autism oxytocin in order to improve their their social uh, retention of um, cues such as faces and and other social cues. But I think that it may give us a lead as to uh, what neural circuits may be perturbed in people with autism or indeed related conditions where social uh, recognition is impaired. That might include schizophrenia. And ultimately, that could lead to, uh, to new treatments, but I think that's a long way down the road. Thank you very much, David.